This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Don't Blame Me, starring me, Megan, and my co-host producer, Melissa. Greetings and salutations. That's some pig, Wilbur. Is that like Charlotte's Web? 
I had a friend who was obsessed with pigs as a kid. Like that was like, you know, like kids have an animal. Hers was pigs. I got a notification on my phone like a few minutes ago that said that there's a new deadly disease out here attacking pigs in the USA. Is it going to be like swine flu? I didn't read it. I just saw the headline. Remember murder hornets? Yeah, they didn't turn out to be as big as we thought they were going to be. Similar to quicksand, which I definitely thought would be a major issue in my life as a child. (laughs) I did. It was in a lot of movies. It's not in movies anymore. Probably because of the false advertisement. True. I was promised quicksand. (laughs) Where's the quicksand? quicksand? (laughs) Ah, Well, we're an advice podcast where we give advice. Woo. Are you shocked? I know you are. It's not like it's in the uh, descriptor at all. So if you want to call in for an upcoming episode, you can leave us a voicemail at 310-694-0976. And international listeners, you can send us an audio message at meganpodcast at gmail.com. Keep it under three minutes, write everything down, and then we recommend timing yourself as you read it out loud. So you have all of the information in there, your age, pronouns. We keep everything anonymous. You don't need to include your name or anything like that, but we want to have as much information as possible. And then we can give you the best possible advice. But if we don't have all the information, you run the risk of us giving you advice that's not as uh, relevant or what you need. Or accurate. Exactly. Yeah. What we lack for in... When we lack in credentials. We make up for in... Opinions. The big O. The big O. Yeah. So forgive me if I am a little slow today, as you all probably, if you know, if you don't know, I am... I guess technically it's long COVID, but like some people have said four weeks after your, I don't know, whatever it is. I'm still dealing with symptoms, so I'm a little out of it sometimes. Did you take your Addy? I did this morning and I took it late, so I can't take another one yet. That's just double checking. Did you know that's like one of the things that's like back ordered and like trapped on ships and taking forever is medications? Oof. Honestly, my psychiatrist can call in my like refill on a prescription and it's controlled. So you can't get like a ton at a time. Normally she'll call it in and like my, it'll be ready within that day and like maximum 24, maybe 48 hours. And I didn't even realize it because I like lost a whole bottle and <laughs> found yes. it later on, but it took a month and a half for it to like fill. And I had to deal that with my birth control too, that like I was running out and I like did like, I don't know, like four days in advance. I was like, or maybe it was like a week. I like issued it and Mots went to go pick it up and they're like, oh, we're not going to have it for at least another three weeks. And he was like, no, no, I don't think you understand. Like I, she needs it. My biggest advice to people who have had like negative reactions to like birth controls, remember which one you didn't like mm-hmm. when you're going to go to get a new one, tell them. And tell them why you didn't like it. I'm not saying what brands think Because are. then people think negative, but that might be the one that works for them. And at the end of the day, I'm like, if my birth control brand that like I love and it like works perfectly, if they want to pay me for my pain and suffering, I feel like I deserve compensation for it. But they also have a whole team of lawyers who knows how to write things that mm-hmm. like ensure that like I'm not sp- saying anything wrong or doing anything medical jargon wise. I had one that like it was giving me horrible migraines and there's like a specific ingredient that if this kind gives you migraines, it's usually this is the ingredient. And then here's the other one that we'll give for you. And even though the one I was on before has it can be really helpful to other people who get migraines, it just means they react differently to that. So that was helpful. So I agree. I'm now on month four of mine and 
the spotting that I had before, I don't get that. I'm not getting spotting at all anymore. Um, no migraines. I'm still cramping, but like they're significantly less. So I will attest like I had written off birth control because of the adverse effects that it had on me. But I got to a point where like I was getting so sick before my period that I was like mentally and physically getting awful reactions that I needed to go on something. Um, Now I found the one that works for me. So I'm happy about it. I'm so happy for you. I cannot wait until I stop spotting. Like it's definitely not as bad and it's like petering off, but I got period underwear. I talk about it on my YouTube channel in one of my recent vlogs. It's in the title if you want to go check it out, but it is been fantastic and like great for the consistent spotting. And I have like friends, moms who are like, you know, postmenopausal who also use it just for like peeing. Like if they like, you know, cough and pee a little. Yep. So then I also got a message from this person who I'm friends with on Instagram who told me that they started using period underwear in workout classes, which is like, they were like, it's great. Like, you know, light colored. Yeah. And it's not as comfortable and they like dry very quickly and also helpful after having like a kid in workout classes, like specifically, Mm -hmm. or just having a kid like in general, it's very helpful. So I left a, a message on your video. It said something because you said, don't talk about how small my ass is or something. And then I said, oh, look at that small ass. (laughs) (laughs) But like, truthfully, that ass, you've seen me at all stages of my butt, which only the only time my ass gets larger is when I'm like working Working out. out. Yeah, it is only like I have nothing natural. It is purely only a muscle. So when I like was like essentially kind of bedridden with COVID for two weeks. Like my ass is basically concave. Like (laughs) I look like a frog, like from the back where it's just like my legs come out of my back. It's so bad. It's rough. I love leaving troll comments on your anything you do. It's what you're destined to do. I know. It makes me laugh so much. So anything new with you? No, I think this will be the last day everyone will see me with braids for a minute. Are you done? I'm just taking them down because it's like time for them to come down. I'm going to take them down this weekend and like let it breathe for a moment so then I don't get my edges snatched. (laughs) Does taking them down mean taking taking them out? Yes. If you get like a weave or extensions, you could like move them up. So I don't know if like moving down opposite. No, not for braids. You can't do that with braids. You know how people like watch ASMR videos at night? I watch people braid their hair. Well, if you want to come unbraid my hair, you take one half. (laughs) I'll help you. Without a doubt. Just let me know when. Okay. Yeah. I watched a girl who her, she decided at like 6 p.m. she wanted to rebraid her hair and it was her and her roommate doing it. And it was like, she had to get on a plane the next day. It looks great. But like, those are my Zen videos. Just like mm-hmm. watching, like, it's just the close up of the eye. I'm like, do you want to put them back in after Yeah, a I'll while? probably put them back in like December-ish. It's just so easy. I, it's so much easier to do my hair. Like literally, I just wake up and take my bonnet off and I'm good to go. And do you have to schedule like your hair wash days around things anymore? No, because yeah, I can fine. just, I can just like, it dries really quickly too. So yeah. I can just wash it real quick and I'm done. I don't have to take a whole day and mm-hmm. do anything. So are you going to change the colors up or you want to yeah, do something? Similar? I might put some red in there for the holidays. I'm sorry. Can you do, do they do tinsel? There's this guy that like made a video about, uh, you know, remember that movie Atlantis? 
Of course. Yes. And so there's this guy that like looks like the guy in that. And then she had braids that had silver in it. And she's like, so you're going to make this video. And and so now I have to cosplay wow. as her. So she already had, she's like, I already got the hair. So yes. That hair moment was like, that was like an identifying, like that was a moment. Mm-hmm. It was so good. Maybe you should do that. Yeah. Maybe you look like Storm from X-Men. Just do pure gray. <laughs> or you could just do a strip and, and then... be like Stacey London. <laughs> 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 okay anything else that we should update on buy our merch buying our merch that's it should we uh get into the episode let's give some advice hi megan and melissa i hope you're doing well i'm a Taurus, and i wanted some advice on this guy i've been seeing for the past two to three months now throughout this time we've never really spoken about whether we're exclusive or seeing other people so now this has caused issues Since the other night, I went out to the pub and I ran into an old friend of mine from school. We decided to go outside and catch up. When I went outside, I just happened to run into the guy I'm seeing. Clearly, he did not like that he saw me come out with another guy. So I went over. I said, hi. I said, I'm catching up with a friend of mine, but I'd come over later. He didn't say anything back, so I kind of just left. I wasn't able to find him for the rest of the night. So I messaged him asking if he was okay and about the situation. He straight up told me how he was embarrassed. I picked another guy in front of him and his friends that he was not a mug and pretty much just wants to end things. I explained to him how that was not the case. I did not pick another guy in front of him and that he was just a friend, nothing else. But even if he was more than a friend, I didn't think it would be such a big deal because we never specified the terms of the relationship. He didn't want to hear me out or really understand my perspective on it and is still set on just breaking up. Now, this is where I need your advice because he is seven years older than me, so we clearly have a different mindset and a way of thinking. So I'm not really sure on what I can really say or do to help him understand my perspective and for him to really communicate and figure this out because I definitely think breaking up is extreme this is definitely an issue that we can speak about and work through but from the sounds of it he doesn't really want to do that or put the effort in to fix things he just wants to end things just like that yeah so I'm hoping you can give me some advice since this is my first proper relationship and not really sure what I can do to change his mind since I definitely think it's all being blown out of proportion yeah so thank you okay you didn't tell us that we can't give tough love i'm gonna give you some tough love yeah he did you the greatest favor by showing you a massive red flag this should be like a thank god that i have now seen this side of him and like this is out first of all this is something that like is so embarrassing for him. Like, this is something, like, if you, like, Mats and I, when we started dating, like, we weren't, like, exclusive. Like, I was still, like, talk, like you know, talking to someone else or whatever. He was like, I would have never fucking said anything. Like, that's mortifying. Like, that's so embarrassing. Like, we haven't made that conversation. Like, for me to assume that, like, you can't assume that. But, like, he's also seven years older and, like, he's going to see you out with a guy and is like, no, you're, like, uh, I'm not a fucking mug. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, fuck off. That is, he's jealous. He does not going to want you to have any friends. And like, 
He's not even going to wait to hear what you have to say and is just going to overreact based on the fact that like you also like have not had that exclusivity talk. And if you saw him out with a girl, first of all, you wouldn't have had that reaction. And if you did, I promise you, he would have lost his shit on you. Mm -hmm. Like this is not healthy on his end. And then the part that is not healthy on your end is that the trying, like, how do I make him change his mind? He doesn't want to work on this. It's being blown out of proportion. I want to. No, no. First of all, he did. Again, he did you a favor, but we don't get to say that like this was blown out of proportion. Like he reacted how he reacted. We don't overreact. We just react. And you can't change someone's mind and convince someone to like want to work on it and him not wanting to work on it. That should be enough. Like, why do you want to convince someone to want to care about you? Yeah. She said two things that she said, this is my first proper relationship, but also said that you guys weren't exclusive. So they contradict each other. It's not you're not in a relationship with him. You're dating him because you haven't made the exclusive whatever. It seems like he thought you guys were exclusive. Even if he thought this, this didn't you guys never had to talk one and then two. It was just your friend. Like, it's just a friend. So, like, you can't have friends. And then he felt embarrassed because he was in front of his his friends. And then you're like, we're different ages. And age has nothing to do with the Like, you have different mindsets. Age has nothing to do with this. This has, it's just the fact that he seems like he's controlling because he doesn't, he only wants you to hang out with people that he approves of and doesn't see as a threat. And he doesn't want to be with you. I feel like he used this as an out because if he actually wanted to work on this, there wouldn't be anything to work on because you were with a friend. Like he can't control who you hang out with. Yeah. I also think that like part of the reason why you're probably calling it a relationship now is because like he made you feel like you did something wrong and it Mm -hmm. was a relationship and all of that kind of shit. And like, if anything... Him being seven years older means he should be more mature and shouldn't be like this. Like, this is just so many, so many, so many red flags. And again, like he has handed you like (laughs) the greatest gift on like not having to figure this out later down the road. And this isn't par for the course when it comes to dating. And I would just recommend in general, especially if you... For everyone, but specifically if you have not a lot of relationship experience to not date somebody this much older than you, stay within two to three years because older men or honestly, really anyone, anyone who is like an older person who is dating someone a lot younger, 99% of the time, maybe 90% of the time, they're going after people who don't have experience with relationships because they can kind of set the standard of how this goes. And they not only have the, well, I've been in relationships and you haven't kind of thing, but they also have age. And so like we assume that they know better or they know how these things work and it's just not an even playing field and it can just fuck you up real fast. I'm against large age gap relationships. I don't think seven years is like the largest in the entire world, but it sounds like if you've never been in, just even from like the sound of your voice and you've never been in a relationship before and like you were met up with a guy you saw in college, like in university, like it seems like you are in your 20s and those years between your like early 20s and your late 20s, like it's transformative. And like that, those are the years I find dating someone within your closer to your age range is like, honestly, I know aside from like when it's illegal, like that is like the most important time. 
So just walk away and never, 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 never fight for something that the other person doesn't want. You can't change people. And if you can, then that's also not a relationship that you should be in. Because think about it, if the roles were reversed, would Mm -hmm. you want him to change your mind if you wanted to end things? Two to three months in, this is way too fucking toxic. Mm -hmm. This is so many red flags, right? As I said in my book, red flags are blurry stop signs. Put your glasses on and be like, okay, stop. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. And then date people your own age. All right. Next call. Hello, Megan and Melissa. Oh, I'm 24. I go by they, them pronouns. And my situation is kind of interesting. So I do not know. And I hope you guys can help. So I... A lot of people now are is very into true crime. And I actually want to be a forensic analyst because I really want to, like, help solve unsolved crimes, especially ones that I'm very into, like the Freeway Phantom Killer, where the majority of the victims were 10 and 18, majority African-American. Uh, look it up. It's a very interesting story. Also, sad story that is still unsolved till this day. Anyways, I also make content that involves true crime and like i do these researches like i look up the most craziest people that i've never heard of or that i already know of but don't know much of the detail and it takes a toll like on your mental health like researching like all these gruesome stuff like gary heidnick and trigger warning trigger warning shoving screwdrivers down his victim's ears and as much as I want to like pursue in this like career in like forensic analyst and also do like content where I talk about these stories, especially stories that I feel like people should learn about, especially those who, which the victims are mostly like minorities. How does one separate hope with looking up these like horrible stories, especially since it does take a toll on me reading all these gruesome things and an author, Michelle McNamara, when she researched on um, the Golden State Killer, she unfortunately died in her sleep because it affected her mental health that she had an accidental overdose on her medication. So, yeah, I just want to know how to, like, separate my normal life and seconds reality from my research. Yeah, hope you guys can help. Thank you. So... I say this with like the utmost love, not just to like this caller, but to like anybody who is into quote unquote, into true crime, into all of this. It is an unethical, incredibly problematic thing in terms of creating and consuming content about this majority of the time. I am someone who listened to a lot of true crime podcast. I've read Michelle McNamara's book. Like, you know, that was, it's a very popular genre of things. And I naturally stopped kind of like listening to ones that I had over the course of time. And based on an incredibly public case that I'm sure everybody has known, not going to talk about it by name at all, not going to talk about any of cases by name, has completely turned me off of the consuming any kind of content from this genre that has not been done at the request of victims' families, that has not been done with victims' families, or um, has not been done by someone who has lost somebody to a horrific incident like this because those people have been through it, then in turn are working with victims' families and seeking justice and all of that. 
I don't think that there's anything wrong with like wanting to get into being like a forensic analyst. Right. I was going to say that was the difference is that they are studying forensic science. Yeah, I think that's a great, great thing. But I think that the making content about Mm -hmm. this is the no. You're making entertainment off victims. Think about any other crime that there is that isn't like the quote unquote quote true crime, because usually with true crime, it's usually like a marginalized person, a woman or person of color that is being gruesomely killed or having something sexual done to them. And think about any other crime. You don't romanticize it in the same type of way. And you can't control how people consume that content. Mm -hmm. If you're making that for educational purposes, it's not your responsibility and it's not your job. And I mean, this with zero shade, even if you get a forensic and like degree, like you, you are qualified to do your own kind of like reading and like see all of those things that you find like that can be helpful in your studies. But you're not qualified to educate other people on something. I did see a great TikTok and this is kind of this is just based on how we talk about doing our own research or whatever. Really, what we're doing is we are reading other people's research. Because you're not actually in the field looking at things. All you're doing is regurgitating other people's research. And these are some horrific things. And like you said, like these are done to mostly women and marginalized communities. And the lack of positive attention and media around representation of marginalized communities in general and then making entertainment content that might not be intentionally you're trying to make entertaining it becomes that is how we're consuming content about indigenous women that we're Mm -hmm. not seeing a lot of representation on scripted television shows or reality shows and what we are seeing is content that people are using people are watching on the same places that they watch makeup tutorials in the same places they watch comedy consuming it in the same manner about incredibly gruesome things that have happened to those people those marginalized groups are not being represented in these joyful happy ways otherwise and that's like a huge huge problem it feels like a savior complex yes and i think that like a lot of the true crime community has defended this as being an incredibly helpful thing and it's not like there are so many more harmful things that come from all of this like they're like defense attorneys who are like you're actually giving someone like a complete like perfect case for this like it is just there is so much more harm to be done than good in those cases. And you want to pursue this as a career and do that good. And I honestly think if you remove yourself from consuming that kind of content, unless, again, it is from someone that is like educated on the topic and has reached out to the family and the family is well aware of what they're doing. And then knowing that like, if those things, the content you're taking does not have an immediate call to action that goes, here's a letter that has been written to like this legislature, like, please Pat, help this. If there is no call to action and it is just talking about it, that is not productive or helpful for anyone. And I think if you can take yourself out of the consuming and the, if you could take yourself out of the true crime community, there is a lot of sensationalism and gory and just, again, consuming it as entertainment, whether you think you are or not, I think you will find that you're going to be able to look at things from a much more analytical and clinical lens. And obviously, it's an emotional thing. And if you feel like you can't handle that, that's okay. But this needs to be something that you're looking at in a textbook and not something that you're 
creating content with, again, it's the similar thing that I feel with like people who are in medical school who make like doctor TikToks who are like talking about like giving kind of medical advice or whatever. And it's not very clear that they are still studying and they are not Mm -hmm. qualified to give that kind of advice. That's like me making a TikTok and saying I'm a biologist. Yeah, no. Yeah. The, The thing that I've learned the most about true crime from having like leading a lot of conversations about it on my platforms over the last like month or so, I got a lot of messages from people who have had family members and close friends who are involved in horrific, very popular cases who were like, you have no idea how horrible it is to log into like the podcast app and to see your sister, your aunt, your one of your best friend's name, your cousin's name listed as one of the top build podcasts and none of us knew it was coming. And now there's an entire podcast where they're talking about her. And like, unless a family is specifically seeking someone out and asking, and that happens. There are Mm -hmm. lots of podcasts like that. There are lots of things like that. There are lots of content that is like that. It's just a matter of regardless of what your intention is, when you put that kind of stuff into the universe, it is consumed by all different kinds of people. And my biggest thing, and if this per- if anyone's in the Facebook group, you will also know this, like I am not okay with having a forum and me providing an outlet for people to talk negatively towards other people and spread misinformation or say things like I will monitor things like fucking crazy. Like, We do that in the Facebook group as well. Like, no, it's no one's responsibility in the group to educate someone else if they're saying something that is like incorrect, scientific, like, no, no, no. And that's the biggest issue. One of the biggest issues I have with this true crime is if you post this content, whether or not you keep the comments open, but it gets shared on Reddit and then you go on Reddit and then people are making hypotheses about this and people are inferring about someone's like sexual orientation, someone's sex life. If someone had done this victim blaming, like you can't control that. Once you put that into the universe and people consume it as entertainment, regardless of what you do. And there are tons of people who are making informational content at the request of victims, families and doing exactly the call to actions that the families want and that stuff. And so I think if you are reading a book or you're like studying and you come across something that's like, or you even see something on Twitter that like is like a retweet of like a missing person or whatever, search up that the family members don't contact them, but see if they have like a GoFundMe they have there, see if they have any links, see if there's any petitions, change.org petitions you can sign and use that kind of like fire for justice to actually make actionable items and steps that can actually lead to that versus awareness because the awareness needs to be at the request of families because otherwise you're just re-traumatizing them. I have like done a complete 180 to this kind of content. And yeah, I'm embarrassed that I didn't see it sooner. And I think that's how you separate how it is, because I think one of these things is analytical and really clinical. And then the other is really sensationalized. It's sensationalized and it's a lot of guessing and not knowing. And I think when you're guessing and not knowing about somebody's life, and you're putting all these hypotheses out, you're just asking questions that just opens a broader net for the actual person that was committing the crime to think about things that they might not have thought about in order to get away with stuff. Yeah. I don't think you have ill intentions at all, especially because a lot of people who create true crime content are have no qual- no credentials or like nothing that they've done. And so I honestly think if you follow through with becoming a forensic like analyst and doing all that stuff, I think you will probably change your tune of how you talk about these things Mm -hmm. and how you feel comfortable because 
you will then have so much information to know how harmful those things can be. And if you look at the difference between like Paul Holes's podcast versus like any other true crime, like We Heart Murder podcast, like it's so different. It's all. And that's the only I've never been able to listen to any true crime podcast because they always make me feel icky and I, again, I didn't know why, but I didn't even I didn't I never went to listen to them. But then I had to listen to the murder squad and I had to listen to it because of work reasons. And when I listened to it, I was like, this is so much different. But it's because they're both professionals and understand how things work behind the scenes. And they always talk to the victim's families first. They make sure that they have permission and they never say too much because they'll say things like we don't want to say this because it might tip somebody off. So they keep things and then they'll do like follow-up episodes where they'll give more information later if the person has been called or whatever. Yeah. My biggest advice to anybody in general is to reevaluate the content that you are consuming and why you like it. Because one of the big reasons that a lot of people had said to me, they're like, it's one of those things that I find it really informative and helpful for how to like prevent me myself from getting in situations and get out of those situations, which sounds like a very harmless statement, but is in fact victim blaming. <laughs> and like, I need to learn what this person had to le- lose their life so I can learn a lesson. And I can learn to not do that because that's what got that person killed. And when you put it in terms like that, that's a really callous and like fucked up victim blaming statement to make. And the way that we talk about like murder shouldn't be dialed down into like a quick sound bite or like a cheeky t-shirt or anything like and the fact that like I was attracted to podcasts that like were still really like they were like still had their personalities infused and they would make jokes and be funny I'm like yeah that's because it made me uncomfortable if they weren't like that if it was really serious and I was like so I felt more comfortable when they made murder and these horrible things less serious and more digestible for me. And I was like, that's on me. And that's like a very fucked up thing. And there are other people who are doing it out there ethically and seek that out, taking it back to the caller. Part of the reason I think why you feel like this is draining and it really takes a lot out of you too, is I don't think you're one of those people. Like, I don't think you're someone who's like consuming this purely as entertainment and all of that. And like, you're probably surrounded in the true crime community by people who like, they live and breathe this kind of thing. And like, they're, they're not taking it home with them in this like really deep emotional way. And if they are, it's in like a savior complex kind of way and take the analytical route. Some people, they may be professionals that do take it home with them, but they're also like in therapy. They're able to work through this, those things and separate it. So we need those people. Like we mm-hmm. need people who do all of this, but it's just a matter of the same way that we don't get medical advice from random people on Facebook, like we shouldn't be putting someone else's trauma and someone's life, not to praise law enforcement or anything like that. And I also think it's a big fucking issue with a lot of true crime is a lot of like, we love this police officer. It's this detective did such a good job. It's like very glamorizing and romanticizing policing. And then at the same time, they'll be like, the police suck at this. And I'm like, please. Okay. This is where, this is where you draw the line. Sure, 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 sure. But I think it's also indignant of the fact that we do need to reallocate money and funds. So we have actual educated detectives that are out there or forensic scientists out there doing the actual work. 
then it would help a lot of things. Hey, how about this? If the forensic analyst thing is too emotionally taxing, if the origin of a lot of this is like helping people, you can, there are a lot of organizations. There was like a specific group that does a lot about missing and like taken indigenous women and that kind of stuff. So like volunteering there and doing all of those kinds of things. There's lots of like facets that can be less gruesome to read about that still can help victims and victims' families. This is like really no shade to anyone, but this is something that I had to deal with. I'm glad that I had that realization. So time for a break. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. How would you like to look 5 years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking 5 years younger at 6 months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Today's episode is brought to you by a sponsor we love, 310 Nutrition. 310 Nutrition is helping us, you, our listeners, in the new year with protein and superfood rich products with so many options and flavors for your personal preferences. They're adding new products all of the time. And I just got my, I mean, I didn't just get my package. I just got a, a, a secondary of my package. And I, as someone who needs electrolytes to function there, it's like, elixir from the gods i cannot sing their praises enough specifically the cucumber flavor of this electrolyte mix is delicious like it's it's so good i've even like had it on like ice and been like i'm drinking like a drink drink like you can throw a little straw in there and it's it's delicious it's so good and i just i love they're filled with so many great ingredients that really help 
if you're like me and you like, you know, medically need some electrolytes, but also if you're working out, if you're sweating, hot summer day, you're going to an amusement park, you're on your feet for a long period of time, all of that. Um, most of us are not getting the electrolytes we need. Yeah, I drink mine specifically when I am working out. It's my beverage while I'm working out. I just take one stick of the hydrate, mix it in with my bottle of water. 16 ounces of water can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water if you got that hydrate in there. They also have the all-in-one shakes, which I absolutely love. I'm running low, so I got to get some more. But um, I love the chocolate bliss the vanilla cream the caramel sundae i have all three of those flavors sometimes i mix and match them sometimes i'll use it when i'm baking or i'll just drink it straight and it is they're so good they have a triplex protein blend plant-based proteins that include pea brown rice and pumpkin that makes it so delicious you can get fiber and superfood blends with more than 25 organic fibers and superfoods blended into one easy, delicious shake. And they also have three tins, four shake flavor starter kit, which lets you sample all the flavors for only $9. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with Don't Blame Me and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and super easy to put together an order, or you can start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code Blame Me right now for 50% off up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code blame me. In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books. So we're so excited about book of the month because this is something that our listeners are going to love. This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a, a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available and I, I, I love I love everything about it. So I'm so excited uh, for someone who like, <laughs> you know, the ease of getting into a book, a lot of it can feel like really daunting. So to have like a service where it's like you're going to get like high quality hardcover books, which that's my preferred way to read at incredible prices, but also curated. So it's like amazing, cool, wonderful, great. This is it's kind of like a a straight shot into that and something that book of the month you can do over and over and over again. And one of the great things about it is the longer you are part of the program, the cheaper the books get. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors. One of the amazing things about Book of the Month is that every aspect of Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. First of all, the books come in a bright blue box, which is very pretty. Me and Megan were just talking about them. There's also a fun app to pick your books and track reading progress and as well there are reading challenges and rewards and book of the month makes it really easy to decide what book to read next which for me is like the biggest hurdle i love when other people make choices for me especially when they're good choices and i'm like cool i can trust you so each month the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick some of the best new books for you to choose from all of the books are so good you can't go wrong and i mean that wholeheartedly when we were picking like our selects for this i was like this I like all of them this is hard and I literally coordinated with Melissa and I was like okay so these are like my top ones I'm assuming they will be yours so don't pick the same one as me so then we can swap afterwards and that's what we did so we got the ministry of time by Killian Bradley 
And we also received The Return of Ellie Black by Emiko Jean. The Ministry of Time is like people are calling it like if you're a fan of Outlander and like spy novels or time traveling books, it's quoted from Town and Country saying it's really innovative, fun storytelling. The Ministry of Time is definitely for you and listed as 45 of the must-read books for spring 2024. And then Harper's Bazaar also said part time travel romance, part spy thriller, and 100% multifaceted joyride. (gasps) When I tell you that, I was like, sold. We're also excited about the return of Ellie Black, and this one is about a missing girl who returns, but that isn't the end of the story. It's only the beginning. We both like a a detective book. This one is uh, 20 years since Detective... Chelsea Calhoun's sister vanishes ever since Chelsea has been searching for signs for closure for other missing girls, but happy endings are rare in Chelsea's line of work, which that sounds so intriguing. And I'm looking forward to reading this novel so much. Can't wait. And we're so excited to usher in this new sponsor. And we know y'all are already going to love this. Plus we've been recommended this so many times. Mm-hmm. So I, I, we, we've already got fans in you. Try the service yourself at bookofthemonth.com and you can get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That is your first book, $5 at bookofthemonth.com using code PEDALS. And we are back from our break. Shall we get into the rest of the calls? Hi, Megan and Melissa. I'm 19 years old, almost 20, and I go by the pronouns she, her, and I am still a virgin. My virginity has never been a huge issue for me, but it also hasn't been something that I necessarily want to still have. I'm not saving myself for marriage, and I don't necessarily want to lose it to someone special. It just hasn't happened yet. I've recently started seeing a guy that I do really like. And I feel like if we keep going in the direction that we're going, we probably will have sex. So now to my question and my problem. Do I need to tell them that I'm a virgin? I don't want it to be a big deal. And when I ask my friends about it, it's about a 50-50 response of yes and no. My friends that don't think that I should tell him say that they either wouldn't sleep with a virgin or that they don't think that it's his thing to know. The part about him not wanting to sleep with me because I'm a virgin kind of scares me. And I do the great that it's not really his thing to decide but at the same time I don't want it to be awkward and if he can somehow sense that I haven't done it before or if he afterwards finds out that I haven't slept with anybody else it might become really awkward. My friends who think that I should tell him argue that he kind of deserves to know and that it probably will make it easier for me in the moment and afterwards. I don't really know if I should tell him and If I do tell him, how should I do it? I've been listening since I was like 16 and I really, really love the podcast and I really appreciate you guys and everything that you do. And yeah, bye. 16. Yeah, she's been here since she was 16. Always makes me question everything that we said. (laughs) Well, we've answered this question, similar questions like this before. We have, I mean, I don't stand by the whole, like, he deserves to to know. I think, like, if you want to let him know, like, that should be something that you want to kind of share. I think the whole, the whole deserve thing is how people put too much emphasis on, quote unquote, taking your virginity because it's like, he should know. So he knows that this is what he's about to do. Take your virginity. Like, it's something for him to have. 
It's not his. And we put so much in for you. You're like, I don't care who I have sex with for the first time. Yeah. Like as if like he needs to know because it's a valid reason to not want to have sex with someone. Mm -hmm. So my thing is, is like, what do you want out of this experience? Would you be okay if you had sex with him and you never heard from him again? And a lot of time, unless you go into it knowing it's like a one night stand, like that's not anyone's real ideal outcome. But if you're going to have sex with this person for the first time, what are you looking to have out of it? What are you looking to happen afterwards? Are you looking to continue to like see each other? Are you looking to continue to date? Are you looking to become boyfriend, girlfriend or partners, whatever? Because that to me dictates what you do. I think that if you are looking for a relationship, whether it's like in three months from now, you want to keep dating this person for like three to six months and then you eventually would like to get into a relationship and you don't want this person sleeping with anybody else. That is something that I think needs to be said before you have sex. Because if that's what you want, that conversation of what you're like looking for, at least for me, like if that is something you want, that's a more important conversation to have than, hi, I'm a, I want to let you know that I'm a virgin. I think it's more important to establish what you are looking for out of this relationship first, because once sex is involved, can potential to have a lot more feelings involved. If you are just fine, like having it be done the first time in like a one night stand situation, then I think like totally go for it. Don't have to tell him at all. But I think if you are looking for a relationship with him and you are looking for like to continue dating and like having all those things specifically, I think you should tell him that. And then from there, Gage, would you be comfortable telling him that you've never had sex before? But if you find out that he's like, oh, I'm like seeing other people, I'm sleeping with other people, like, you know, those are conversations you should have before you have sex with someone is that person has been recently tested. Like there are all of that other kinds of like stuff. And I think if we're uncomfortable talking about sex with someone, doesn't have to be that you've never had sex, but have a conversation about where are we going? What are we into? Where are we? Have you been tested recently before you actually have sex with them? Yeah, I think, yes, having a conversation about just sex as a whole, but I don't think you have to, bring up your virginity with anyone. The first guy I was with was just some guy that was in one of my classes and we were studying and then we ended up hooking up and he didn't know I was a virgin. I didn't tell him. And we kind of dated after that. I think it was more like we were just studying a lot together and we're just hanging out. Um, but I did not go into it with the intentions of dating him or even sleeping with him, to be quite frank. But it happened and it was fun and it wasn't bad. Like to this day, he doesn't know that he's the first guy that I slept with. And it didn't matter. Like it mm -hmm. doesn't matter. It doesn't. It's the last person you sleep with, not the first person you sleep with. And even then, who cares? <laughs> like, I'm just like, yeah, by the time I'm so old, my final fuck, I don't even know if I'll remember it. Yeah, it's sex. Like sex means as much as you want it to mean. Yeah, it's a physical act of sharing bodies. Yeah, it is nobody's business. Also, what is virginity? Like, I know. My whole thing is like take away like the virginity aspect mm -hmm. of it and just like have it be like sex in this thing. When I was like, you know, growing up and like first became sexually active or whatever, like my whole thing was I wasn't comfortable having sex with someone who wasn't on the same page as me. 
So whether I, it was really casual, then it, I would only feel, ca- I would only feel comfortable having sex with someone who it was also just as casual to them. If it happened later down the road that I found out it wasn't as casual for them, I'm like, okay. But like going in with like clear intentions and knowing that if I really, really liked someone and I like wasn't sure if they like really liked me back, I was like, I'm going to need to hold off until I tell this person how I feel before I'm going to have sex with them here. So I think that just like being honest with like yourself with what you want and the same thing with whoever you're sleeping with. And that's like all that really, regardless of if it's your first or your like 10 hundred, like your thousandth time, like having sex is just like making sure you're doing it because like you want to, and it's fun. And the person you are with is doing it because they want to, and they're also having fun. Mm-hmm. Good, wet, consensual sex. Have a great time. And it might not be this person. If you want it to be cool, if not, okay. Here for it. Do we have another one? Yep. Let's do it. Hi, Megan and Melissa. I'm 21 and I go by she her pronouns. I'm calling about my best friend who is also 21 and goes by she her pronouns. And my advice that I'm looking for is regarding her boyfriend. So basically me and my friend are childhood best friends and we always used to talk about how close we are and how we would be in our lives forever and be each other's need of honor. And we hung out all the time. Um, but this all changed about a year ago when she started uh, dating her boyfriend. And her priorities kind of shifted, and she started spending more time with him and less time with me. And I kind of expected this to happen, even though she said it wouldn't, but it's her first boyfriend, and she's head over heels for him. But the problem is that I'm not really a huge fan of him. I don't think that the relationship itself is toxic, but I do think that he has some major character flaws. For one, he's anti-vax, and his whole family are Trump supporters. This upsets me because me and her are pretty liberal, so it really confuses me how he doesn't bother her. He's also just very immature with the way he processes emotions, and I can't stand it when she calls me to complain about him. It really worries me that she's convinced she's going to marry him, and ever since they started dating, our friendship has never been the same, and we started drifting apart. This hurt me because I've been going through a long year, and I could really use the support, but she's been in my I'm not even joking when I say that I haven't hung out with her at night for a whole year because she has to be with him every single night. I've never been in a long-term relationship, so I don't know what it's like, but I feel like that's not normal to rely on your partner that much. But I've already expressed to her that I don't see her as often or I don't feel like she's there for me, but she always just gives me excuses about how busy she is with work and school. I don't want to confront her about her boyfriend because I feel like she'll just be defensive and feel like I'm attacking her. I think that my resentment towards her boyfriend has kind of made me push her away in a sense because she hasn't been reaching out as much, and I haven't been reaching out as much, so it kind of goes both ways. She's someone who I thought I would have in my life forever, but this resentment towards her behavior since she started dating her boyfriend makes me question our relationship. I'm not sure if I'm just overreacting over this whole situation and I should just let it go or I should stop wasting my time with her and shift my priorities to building other friendships. I hope that wasn't too long, but thank you guys. Uh, Who we date is a reflection of us and who we spend time with is a reflection of us. And I think you are subconsciously and or consciously pushing her away because like, I don't mean this in like a mean way, but like, I think that you are rightfully kind of embarrassed by who she is letting in her life. And like, it doesn't morally align with you. And it sucks. But if she consciously started dating someone who doesn't align with her morals. And like, being an anti-vaxxer or a Trump supporter is like not a predisposed condition. Like that's a choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sucks that she's been your friend for so many years. But just because someone was your friend doesn't mean that they have to continue to be your friend. 
It's not something that you sign up for, for a lifetime commitment with. People change and evolve. And she's made it clear that she doesn't even want to spend any time with you since she's with him all the time. You say you haven't even seen her in a year because she's with him every night. And then the only time she calls you is to complain about him. So her whole life revolves around him. And you just happen to be someone that she can rely on to call to. But if you take that away, it's just like, what are you getting out of this friendship? Friendships should be mutually beneficial. If you're yeah. not getting anything out of this, then why are you still there? And we talk about like toxic relationships a lot and like, you know, having to protect yourself and separate yourself from that friendship, but like keep that door open and let them know that like they can always come to you in that. This to me doesn't seem like a toxic relationship. This to me doesn't really seem like it has honestly anything to do with him. You want to put a lot of this blame on him for kind of changing your friend, and like making her like this. But she was always capable of this. Like, mm-hmm. if it's not this guy, it's going to be another one. If it's not a relationship, it's a job. If it's not a job, it's just a phase in her. Like, it's kind of an, an inevitable thing that happened to show you who she is. And at this point in time, nobody dates an anti-vaxxer. You consciously know that and you're very okay with it. And I think like you said at the end of the call, like, should you pursue other friendships? Yes. Yes. 100%. You deserve those kinds of friendships. And like, just because you guys are childhood friends, you have all of this, like people grow apart all the time, but like most relationships, it's not like a waste and it doesn't, it can feel like friendship losses are really hard, but it sounds like you've, you, you are kind of rightfully pretty fed up and it's been like a year of dealing with this and you deserve a whole lot fucking better. And she's just a childhood friend that you have. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people date people, they show us who our friends were and like who they really, and you're like, oh, okay, thank you. This probably would have taken years if they weren't in this relationship, mm-hmm. this like slow burn, but now I'm getting it all at once. And like, thank you for this clarity. Moving on, you know? I've been through it. I've been through it too. It happens and you can hate him all you want, but like he's a catalyst for an inevitable end of who she's going to be. And I don't like giving men that much credit. Yeah. If she tolerates this in her life, that just means that she's okay with it to begin with. Mm -hmm. She's okay with misinformation, bad science, quote unquote science. She's okay with racism. She's okay with homophobia like she's okay with all these things so if that's not something that you morally stand by then that's not somebody that you inevitably want to be friends with Mm -hmm. that's someone that you know assuming if she wants to have kids that's someone she potentially wants to procreate with and have Mm -hmm. that be the household that those children grow up in with said extended family as well yeah yeah it sucks and it's also not on you for not like seeing it sooner or realizing it like It's only until these events or these people come into someone else's lives. And like, I think it's similar to the pandemic, how like a lot of people's true colors came out that would have eventually come out at some point. But like, Mm -hmm. this was the catalyst, which sucks. But you sound like a great person. And I bet that you're gonna have a lot of other great friends out there. Okay. All right. Time for Don't Blame Them. (laughs) Okay. So Don't Blame Them is where a caller will give their own advice on a previous call aired. 
So maybe they have their own experience. Maybe they just had some ideas of something that we didn't say. You know, they just have something to say. So say what you got to say. Hi, I'm calling in for a don't blame them for the most recent episode, episode 18, about the girl whose friend just had a baby two weeks ago and she was worried she was responding to a text. So I am, I guess, a new mom. My daughter is now a year and a half old. I dealt with postpartum depression and also postpartum anxiety, which is something that is not really talked about in the motherhood community as much. It's now starting to be talked about more, but as a new mom, I had no idea what it was. It's really terrifying. You have a lot of intrusive thoughts, all those types of things. And like anyone with anxiety, you start to doubt like your friendships and the guilt, not to mention all of the guilt from motherhood. You're constantly guessing what you're doing right or wrong, how you're hurting your baby, all of these things. And it's a very overwhelming process to understand how to cope with all of that. And I had all that on top of continually working with the therapist and being on into my anti-anxiety meds and all that kind of thing. So one thing that I would say is reassurance wouldn't be a bad idea. There were times when a friend would text me something along the lines of like, hey, I know you're really overwhelmed. You have a lot to deal with going on on your plate with a new baby and everything. I just wanted to let you know I'm always here if you need to talk. Nothing you say will scare me away. And our friendship isn't conditional on you replying to this message. Like just something along those lines where she doesn't have the pressure to respond, but knows that she's not damaging her friendship by not responding, if that makes sense. Um, because you can kind of convince yourself when you're sleep deprived at 3 a.m. out touched with the baby on your boob that you're never going to talk to your friends again and they're all pissed at you because you're not responding. And a good alternative to the meal would be like sending her a DoorDash gift card or like an Amazon gift card to order food. Like my infant is hooked to Whole Foods, that kind of thing. That was almost better than the meals because then if you had food, you could eat it. But if you didn't, you had that stuff in your DoorDash account and baby costs a lot of money. So it's not a bad thing. Don't go bad. It's part of motherhood. It gets easier around a month. So the first month, you have literal contractions every time you breastfeed. So it's like that on top of a C-section is just a nightmare. So you're doing great. You're an amazing friend. Just be understanding. Be there for her. And you guys will be fine. She'll be back in a few months. Thanks. Love you guys. Bye. I'm sorry. The idea that I knew that, but just the reminder that you have contractions for the first month every time mm-hmm. you breastfeed. Depends on the person. It's not everyone. Yeah. It's possible. Yeah. Fuck that. Some people get very like sleepy and relaxing. So it just depends yeah. on the body. I was reading something from like breastfeeding specialist or something. It was talking about how like, you know, because like the different hormones are released when that and like similarly to just people who are who don't have great serotonin levels. Like it's a threshold of the amount of things that mm-hmm. get released. And then sometimes it's not at all, mm-hmm. which is part of the reason why when some women are like breastfeeding doesn't hurt at all. And then there's a lot of people like, I mean, it's not comfortable. There's like this whole range. And a lot of it is not everyone has the same amount of hormones released. So mm-hmm. it affects everyone really differently. But thank you for letting us know about that. I think the um, discussion of postpartum depression is as a whole, like as a like community, I think it's so great that we're talking about that now. I hadn't even heard of it until I was in my 20s, like didn't even know what it was. And I think like a lot of people are going to now be better equipped and have an understanding or at least an acknowledgement of postpartum depression, and postpartum anxiety before they even get pregnant and have kids. And I think that's a very exciting thing that a lot of people who gave birth most likely just suffered in silence for a really long time, not mm-hmm. knowing. And I think it's great. 
they called it like the mommy blues. Yeah, baby blues. I remember that. Yeah. And that's like sounds cutesy and it's like Yeah, not... and it's not that's not what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for giving us firsthand experience. Exactly. Well, that is it for our episode. Hope you all enjoyed. If you want to call in for an upcoming one, leave us a voicemail at 310-694-0976. And international listeners, you can send us an audio message at meganpodcast at gmail.com. All the same things we said at the top of the episode apply. And give us some calls with some like crazy things. Like let us know what's happening. Throw some wild cards in there for us. We'd love to know. Test us. Let's see what we can do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Follow us over on Instagram. And if you've made it this far, comment sun chugging. Use an emoji. Use the sun in the peach emoji. Also, we're on Patreon. We have got the video versions of the podcast as well as live streams twice a month. They're just like Zoom hangouts. They're really fun. Great way to make friends and be social with a bunch of other people who are inside of their homes. (laughs) A safe way to socialize. And anything that you want to promote? Just follow me on Instagram. We should read a comment though. Oh, yeah, I can get one. Do you want to show off what you're also wearing? Oh, yes. I have on some merchandise if you're if you're watching. It's gray. It's in cursive. It is embroidered. It says, don't blame me. It's super, super soft. I also like that depending on where the light hits it, it's a slightly different color. It's very cute. I saw someone in the Facebook group ask if um, you'd put it in the dryer if it shrank. It does not. I've had mine. I've washed it numerous times. I got it a little bit big and it's still a little bit big on me. Hasn't shrunk at all. They're great quality too. Mm-hmm. Very high quality. So I'm going to read this. This one is from Lulu Domineri. So the title of this review is, How Does Rachel Have the Time? <laughs> I love you both so much. Watching the podcast is a big highlight of my week. Thank you for continuing to make this podcast and entertain us. You both are so funny and I cannot express how much I adore you both. I do wonder how Rachel finds the time and energy to review Bomb and make so many accounts. I'm exhausted just thinking about it. <laughs> us too. And if you are new here and you don't know who Rachel is, go to our podcast reviews and scroll not even that far down, hopefully a little bit farther down by the time this episode is out. And you will see that there is a common theme and a reoccurring person leaving reviews named Rachel. <laughs> and um, so if you would also like to leave a review to combat Rachel's bi-weekly Republican agenda. <laughs> please, please, uh, if you feel so inclined to, we're not stopping you. They can't. Ugh. Well, is that it? Anything else? You want to promote your book? Oh, yeah. Paperback copy of my book is out. It's so cute. It's great. Big fan. Oh, yeah. She's got it up on her wall. So cute. So I highly recommend. Go get it. Go check it out and follow me on my socials and all that stuff. Oh, I have presets out too. And if you buy those things that can help me eventually buy a house and then I can make cute house content. We'll cross that bridge. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we'll see you all next time. Goodbye. is a production by me executive produced by melissa demonts and diamond imprint productions edited by coco lawrence post-production sound by chris henry production assistance by melanie d watson music by ryan hunter and giacomo picasso 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.